You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello again, friend. Just a little warning, this episode is not safe for work. Unless you're a little rebel and you've got a pair of headphones, I won't tell anybody. Just plug in those bad boys and listen to this episode. You can do it. Pee-pees on the walls, vulvas on the chairs, very anatomically incorrect boobalicious coffee table penis combinations. But did these things really exist or was it all rumors? Hello, hello, friend, and welcome back to For the Love of History. I am TK, and first of all, I would like to say thank you for your patience last week as I took some time for myself. I had a lovely rejuvenating break, and I feel so ready to get into today's topic, sexy furniture. Woo! What a topic to come back on. But you know, you know how we do things here at For the Love of History. One week, we talk about prehistoric squirrels, the next toothbrush history. After that, we talk about women's rights, but we also cover a healthy number of not-safe-for-work topics like Pompeys and peepees and the Tanuki's testicles. I made those rhyme on purpose. <laughs> and today is one of those days. We are going to take a look at the myth and legend of Catherine the Great and her erotic furniture. So grab your snack of choice. Might I recommend nuts? (laughs) Okay, I promise that's the last, last bad joke. (laughs) But anyways, get comfy and let's get started. Before we get into the not-safe-for-work main event of this episode, I want to tell you 10 things that Catherine the Great did for Russia that have nothing to do with what she did in the bedroom. Number one, Catherine was the longest reigning female leader of the Russian Empire. Two, she successfully led Russia against the Ottoman Empire. Three, she made Russia the dominant power in southeastern Europe. Four, Catherine rapidly expanded the Russian Empire through conquest and diplomacy. Number five, she implemented a series of educational reforms to improve education in Russia. Number six, she established the first institutes for the formal education of females in Russia. Seven, introduced a number of administrative reforms for effective governance. Number eight, Her reign was a period of expansion and trade and communication unseen in previous Russian history. Number nine, she helped in the establishment of the Free Economic Society. And number ten, Catherine the Great played a key role in the Russian Enlightenment period. In absolutely no way do I want to take away from her accomplishments with this podcast. I mean, you can see from what I just told you why she's called Catherine the Great and not Catherine the, like, okay. She did so much for a country that wasn't even hers. She wasn't born Russian. She didn't speak Russian until she married Peter, the future czar of Russia. But the woman changed the course of Russian history for the better. With that being said, it is still fun to talk about penis chairs 
and vulva tables. So that's what we're going to do. <laughs> because after all, all work and no play is boring as hell and I refuse to be boring. So let's get into it. Catherine was Empress of Russia for more than 30 years. But she was born Sophie Frederic Auguste von Anhalt Zerbst in May of 1729 in Poland. She became Catherine in 1745 after being received into the Russian Orthodox Church. She married the Grand Duke Peter, grandson of Peter the Great, and the heir to the Russian throne. More on that in a little bit. Growing up, Catherine was educated by tutors and subjects of religion, history, and languages. She learned German and French and later Russian, which came in handy when she met the Russian Grand Duke Peter, who would later become her husband. Catherine spent much of her early married life riding her horse. And just to give you a little glance, 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 glimpse into who she was as a person, she refused to ride side saddle and wrote, the more violent the exercise, the more I enjoyed it. My kind of lady. At 16 years old, Sophie, who would later turn into Catherine, was betrothed to Peter, the heir to the Russian throne. And, you know, she was excited. She was 16. She was getting married to a guy that was going to be the future czar. But it turned out to be not awesome. Peter treated her like straight garbage. He refused to spend time with her, playing with his little toy soldiers in his room. And at the same time, he flirted with ladies-in-waiting quite openly. And to put the cherry on the top of this garbage fire, before they were officially married, Peter got measles, which made him look terrible. Those are the words of Catherine herself. So he was ugly and he was mean. After that, Catherine only felt disgusted towards her arrogant and strange husband. But Peter had his own things to deal with. His childhood was awful. He was treated terribly. But that is a story for another time. Needless to say, they were not a love match and not having a great time together. It was so bad that in 1962, after Peter became the Tsar of Russia, Catherine planned to overthrow him and was successful. She became the Tsarina of Russia. Side note, he was also murdered very shortly after he was overthrown. And there's no evidence of her having any knowledge of it. But if I became the ruler of a country and my husband had been an asshole and flirted with ladies in front of me, I cannot promise you that I wouldn't murder him. But I digress. Woo, yay, Catherine is the ruler of Russia. She does great things. She owns the crap out of her position. And she didn't let anyone stop her from doing what she wanted to. Okay, all right, all right. I know, you're here for the spicy furniture. Enough with the backstory. This whole story began with an urban legend that states that an erotic cabinet was ordered by Catherine the Great and was adjacent to her suite of rooms in their palace there in Russia. This room was just shrouded in mystery and all people had to go on were rumors. But this is what people had to say of the room. 
apparently it was just furnished with highly erotic everything. There was tables that had large penises for legs. There were peepees and vulvas carved out on the furniture. The walls were covered in erotic art. There were statues of a naked man and a naked woman inside. And in some versions of the rumors or legends, even artifacts from Pompeii were brought into Russia to augment this collection. And if you haven't listened to the Pompeii and Peepees episode, you need to go back right now and listen to it so that you can know what kind of artifacts could have been in there. There's a penis with wings. You just, you gotta, you gotta go listen to it. So this room was just decorated with all sorts of genitalia. And one of my absolute favorite pieces of furniture that has been described from this room is a very anatomically incorrect penis breast combo coffee table and I I'm gonna put pictures of this up on Instagram but I need to describe this table to you right now so picture this There are four outrageously large penises springing forth from four pairs of breasts that are so perky they could take your eye out. Then, tastefully placed around the edge of the table is a selection of peepees, breasts, vulvas of different shapes and sizes because Kathy did not discriminate. She had something for everybody. If you only do one thing to make yourself laugh today, friend, please, please go look at pictures of that coffee table. I promise you will not be disappointed. But for years and years, all of these descriptions were just speculation. A lot of people dismiss these rumors and legends because of how awful contemporary historians were to Catherine after she died. We're going to explore that in greater detail at the end, so hold on to that thought. So, legend of the sexy boudoir with the erotic furniture was pretty much exactly that, a legend. There was no evidence and no way to weed out this rumor from the other awful horrible things that people said about her. That was until 1940. The room and furniture were allegedly seen in 1940 by two Wehrmacht officers during the Nazi invasion of the Soviet Union. And I know what you're thinking, TK, how can we trust these two Nazi German dudes? And I know you're right, but hear me out. Even though most of the pictures were lost in the fires of war, some of the Heritage Museum personnel, that's the main museum in Russia, also confirmed the existence of the parlor, noting that there is written evidence of Catherine the Great making a boudoir for Platon Zubov, her final lover who was uh, 22 when she was 60. Woohoo, get a girl. Um, it is also known that a collection of erotic art which belonged to the Romanov family was cataloged in the 1930s. 
The evidence also shows that these objects were only shown to a selection of visitors, but the catalog was lost, like the whole entire collection. It was allegedly destroyed in the 1950s, which I can see there was a war going on. A lot of stuff was happening. Russia was just bombed to heck, and most of the Russian royal palace was just completely destroyed. But there is another theory. Experts and historians believe that the contents of the erotic boudoir were most certainly and purposefully removed from the palace and all traces of the erotic cabinet vanished under suspicious circumstances. And honestly, I can see that being completely true because our girl Kathy got a lot of hate after her death because God forbid women be strong, powerful leaders who never remarried and who also enjoyed sex. In the outline for this episode, uh, this next section is called People Suck because they truly, truly did. Catherine the Great was labeled as a nymphomaniac, a hypersexual, a sex addict, insatiable, controlled by her lady bits, and a bunch of other things that I just cannot say on this episode. People were led to believe that she had hundreds of lovers basically lined up at all times of the day. And you know what? If that's your thing, if that's your idea of a good time, then baby, do it. Go for it. But these rumors were spread to hurt her image. Yeah, having a coffee table made out of a bunch of dicks is kind of weird. But in no way are her sexual exploits any different from her male counterparts. But Catherine, unfortunately, empress or not, was born a woman trapped in a man's world. And the rumors that circulated around her private life led to the negative portrayal of her reign. During the past centuries, the easiest way for people to offend and verbally attack their female enemies was sex and still continues to be that to this day. There was one rumor about Catherine that was so awful and stupid and ridiculous involving a horse and a harness that I will not even bother to tell you about it. Historians believe that the horse myth originated in France among the French upper class soon after Catherine's death as a way to mar her legend. France and Russia were not friends and they would continue to be on and off for a long time, particularly thanks to Napoleon, that jerk. But the hate didn't stop there. Not only were historians pressed about Catherine's success as a ruler and her blatant disregard for the box society wanted to put her in, other contemporary rulers were also sipping that haterade. Frederick the Great, the ruler of Prussia, said about her, a woman is always a woman, and in a feminine government, the cunt has more influence than a firm policy guided by straight reason. Ugh! 
disgusting. Meaning, apparently, her vagina had more influence than her amazing diplomacy and highly educated brain. You guys, when I tell you I lost my mind after reading this, oh boy, I was fired up. My poor cats and my poor boyfriend got an earful about the injustice of history and the patriarchy, but they were great listeners and I feel better. And if you want to get fired up, feel free to DM me or send me an email. I'm here for you. We can talk about it. But sadly, the rumors continued until the late 20th and 21st century. When historians finally wised up and debunked all those nasty, stupid things people had said about our dear Catherine, now she is remembered as the bad-ass boss that she was. There are so many books, articles, series, and podcasts about this cool lady, and I recommend checking out Hashtag Histories Podcast and History Chicks for some great in-depth history about the rest of her life. We've come to our final thought today, friend, and I want to leave you with something that I found incredibly endearing about Catherine the Great. She got plenty of hate after she died, but Catherine was no stranger to criticism of her sex life when she was alive. She wrote in a letter to a friend, Why do you reproach me because I dismiss a well-meaning but extremely boring bourgeoisie in favor of one of the greatest and most comical and amusing characters of this iron century. She said this about one of her lovers. She was basically saying like, why should I settle for a boring bourgeoisie man that I have nothing in common with? He doesn't make me laugh. I don't even like him. And then there is this this perfectly lovely, funny man right here that I like and I enjoy spending time with. She was not about to conform to the royal status quo and marry some highfalutin dude and give up her power. She wanted happiness. She was all about finding the joy in life and I admire the crap out of that. She once said, Madame, you must be gay. Only thus can life be endured. I speak from experience because I have had to endure much and have only been able to endure it because I have always laughed whenever I had the chance. And you know what, Kathy? If penis chairs, vulva tables, peepees on the walls, and naked statues on the floor make you happy, then I'm all for it. Because you can be a boss, enjoy your life, and still get a little freaky. We've come to the end, my friend. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I also wanted to say thank you for your patience with my little break last week. It was a really, really busy week for me, and I just needed to take some time out for some very unsexy self-care, like getting my day job work done and also, you know, sleeping. (laughs) Starting from October, I will be moving to an every other Friday uploading schedule. 
I've got quite a bit on my plate right now and I want to keep up the quality of these episodes for you as well as keep my sanity and the rest of my life together. I can't even tell you how much I appreciate every single one of you and I hope you're doing well. Do something that makes you happy today. Take a look at that penis coffee table. Get some of that unsexy self-care done and I'll see you next week when we talk about another Empress Baddie. Bye! Why is there a metronome right now? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>